Magic.me is the world's greatest school for magic, meditation, and mysticism. You can learn everything there, from chaos magic to hermeticism to meditation to how to supercharge your finances and take absolute control of your destiny. In short, you get all of the tools you need to turn chaos into beautiful, scintillating order and master your life. It's incredible. You've probably heard me talk about it on the show quite a lot, but check it out. It's growing fast. And I just want to say, if you're confused about where to start, because I have so many courses there, the Adept Initiative is the place to go. The Adept Initiative is the flagship course on magic.me, and it contains everything you need to know to master the most profound ancient techniques of changing your consciousness and the most modern and cutting edge tools and systems for absolutely turning your life into a masterpiece. You are really going to dig it. Go check it out and I will see you in class. It's magic.me, M-A-G-I-C-K dot M-E. What is your advice? It's kind of a really big question of how would you use magic in music? Okay. Good question. I'm trying to figure that out myself right now. Okay. (laughs) You know, this is, this is, a lot of magic people, music people get magic immediately. I'm a magic person who's trying to understand music. But music music people, I think, intuitively understand magic. And it's always been that way. It's like if you go to like OTO meetings, stuff like that, it's all like frustrated musicians. You know, and um, I think it's because that when you're a musician, you're you a are you're basically creating vibes, you're creating subjective information, right? And you have to be extremely on point about what you're being, what you're picking up from other musicians if you're playing live and you're basically transmitting completely subjective psychic feelings to other people mm. and if you get it right you're successful and if you don't you're not right it's, it's like it's not a logical process make sense mm-hmm. feel right you know so um maybe you can say more specifics or what type of musician are you sure i'm into film music so a lot of synthesizers orchestras and i just didn't know if um you know, you had anything of like you invoke certain archangels or certain planets to kind of go inside some sort of sigil by using the Kabbalic uh, Hebrew lettering, and then you'd put that inside a score, or like have a choir sing an Okean, or I don't know. <laughs> if you figure out how to do that, please let me know. Uh, collab, 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 bro, as they say. Um, I'm, uh, yeah. Do you do you use contact? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm learning contact right now. It's, it's great stuff, right? Oh, yeah. No, all the, you know, uh, phenomenal. audio. That's phenomenal. I was, I was like, how is this, how does this, how does this exist? It's incredible. Oh, yeah, I, used, yeah. I used all this stuff. For, I did, just did the music for the new Buddhist course that's about to come oh, out. Very cool. I used, I used contact and um, actually, what did I do? I, I, I had like eight emulated um, Jupiter 8s. Oh, nice. That's like all going at once. And then I mixed it, mixed and mastered it. And with um, going through um, Eventide harmonizers. Oh, wow. I've got Ableton Live 10 open right now, somebody says. That's, wait for it to crash. <laughs> that is the buggiest software. Um, I love Ableton, though. Um, Duncan Trussell got me interested in this stuff. It's like an unbelievable tunnel to be in. Um, so so <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out myself. Um, uh, you, have you taken the magic and art course that I have? I did, yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think of the stuff in there? Um, 
I've only been at this for three weeks. I, I did the, I've done the membership, so I'm still like completely new and just like everything's okay. just welcome, you know, <laughs> thank you. Um, so for right now, I'm rather uh, ignorant and naive and just trying to figure out like, you know, who can you talk to? What can you invoke? What's safe and not safe to do? And, could, you know, you want, as you know, in the beginning, you want to do a sigil for just everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, even in your Nokian course, I had to laugh because you like, I think you said like, and meet Dave, the, the guitar shredder is going to do magic to, you know, amp up his career. And then he discovers a Nokian magic and then he's going to be a superstar. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, do, yeah. are you aware of uh, what's this fucker's name? Um, Ghost Domain? Mm-mm. I know the band Ghost. Oh my Lord. Ghost there is a SoundCloud rapper named Ghost Domain who did a song called Joe, John D. He's like one of these 21 year old kids with face tattoos. Yeah. SoundCloud rapper. And he's like, he just like does all his like, what is it? It's like, it's unbelievably bad, but kind of not. I mean, he's hugely famous, but it's just like, oh my God, what is this? Okay, let me wash that out of my brain for half a second. Okay, so I will say this. Uh, everything, pretty much everything that is in the Magic and Art course is more than enough to get started with getting inspiration for any type of art. Music, art, writing, any, there's so much in there, right? There's a lifetime worth of, of tools in there. Um, and I have a lot of artists, who, uh, students who are visual artists as well, who very successfully use that stuff. Um, the, uh, in terms of, I mean, learning Kabbalah is basically like learning scales in music. Oh yeah. Oh, it's right? But you learn, you learn the spheres and the paths and you basically, you're learning these scales of mythological resonance. Well, and like some of it, I'm kind of intimidated by because it, it said like if you invoke Jupiter for say prosperity, you don't want to do the spirit; you want to do the intelligences and the archangels. Yeah. But so, that's something I said. That sounds like I, something I said. It sounds like something you said. It's it's along those lines, and just yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm at the point in the beginning. It's just I'm I'm kind of too very timid to to do anything because I just don't want to, you know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be intimidated. But um, or feel like you're going to do something wrong. But my my general dictum on Kabbalah is you can't just do one part of it. You have to do the whole thing. As long as you do the whole thing, you're safe because then you're balanced out. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like people are like, oh, I'm just going to work with the sphere of Saturn. Well, no, then you're imbalancing your personality only to one side. It would be like a musical equivalent would be like, you know, just if you just boost the hundred hertz spectrum in your EQ like plus 10 20 decibels and leave everything else where it is you know that's what working with kabbalah is like when you only do some parts of it right oh yeah no absolutely so um yeah i was just trying to think about like enochian text or the hebrew text and like choral music and i remember you were saying that like you, you know like in new age you're all into the different healing frequencies and i haven't had much luck doing that stuff but um I was just trying to see, like, what is out there that you invoke an archangel that you can invoke that inside the music sure. and handwritten score and, and just... Sure, you can do that. Yeah, just primarily trying to think of things that would really help people and heal people as, you know, new ages that might sound. No. Um, um, I think that... Well, I mean, my main answer is I'm trying to figure it out right now. And if you figure anything out, please let me know. Because <laughs> okay. uh, this is my, one of my main areas of interest right now. But um, I would generally say that, well, the most important thing for any artist working in any medium who starts to incorporate magic is to start from your own unconscious 
rather than the synthetic effects of the Kabbalah. Like, and the, the best way to do that is to start keeping a dream journal and start using the dream journal as the inspirational focus for music you're making. Start mining material out of your dreams, right? That's the way to do it because like literally, you know, every single generation of musicians since the 60s, since the Beatles has rediscovered Crowley and started like putting occult references in music. And it's like, you know, from from fucking Led Zeppelin to Ghost Domain, it, like it never goes away, right? I like to progress from that and go to a higher. Yeah, it's it's like that. okay, like yeah, exactly. It's like and so everyone like basically puts occult symbols and references in their music, and thinks it makes them look edgy. And it's like no, we we've seen this for decades. Well, it's a big gimmicky, and then it's just like you want to graduate from just material wealth to actual enlightenment, you know? And, right. Well, magic is a tool. You want to use it for actual to get actually good material, right? So, so in that sense it's important to get on good footing with the actual process. And that's why a meditation and B dream journaling are the foundational practices here, just like they are for everything else. And I didn't know if there's any plan vocations you should do or archangels you should do to, to talk to them about, Hey, what's your take on music and from the heavens and what, well, you can end. work with the muses, right? You work with the Greek muses. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, those are in seven, seven, seven. Mm-hmm. That uh, never, you, you know, you just get on Wikipedia and look for gods of music. So, um, but that's kind of what I mean with it. So the dreams, like the, the dreaming, dreaming world and the record of one's dream life, the dream record is essential because it opens up that whole world uh, and allows you to recall and remember things where it's shut for most people. So it's the, the, the actual writing down is less, is less important in a sense than it, it's very important because otherwise you won't get any information, but the writing it down is less important than the knock-on effect of writing it down, which is that writing it down every morning means that you're dreamed, you recall more of your dreams and they're longer and more vivid. So it opens up the realm of shamanic communication with the magical world. Most people are like, oh, like, you know, like they think about, oh, like, how do I see things? I got to take a bunch of psychedelic mushrooms and LSD. It's like, no, you don't. That's a fucking shortcut. And it's not sustainable. And you don't really get that grade of information. The way to do it is, I mean, you know, I take that back. You definitely can get good information, but it's, you know, it's taxing. It takes, you know, long periods of time. It's hard, you know, it's not legal in many places. There's a lot of downsides. Uh, it can lead to other abusing other drugs, you know. So um, let's not pretend it can't. And uh, I think we're all too, we're all grown up enough to realize that the gateway drugs are a real thing. <laughs> so, um, the dream, dream life is where it's done, mm. right? It takes a lot more effort. Duh, duh. You know, it's like, this isn't, this isn't like a, this is a, this is a, that you need to be trained to do this like athletics. So, um, meditation also opens up those strata of the mind meditation and dream journaling. So if you get that stuff down, you do six months of meditation and dream journaling, like, you know, you'll, you'll have the egress to the, the other world. And from there, you can start putting intention into it, such as using sigils to get specific information, dream incubation. I cover all these techniques in the lucid dreaming course, right? So, um, how do you feel about getting into certain mental states, like doing the LBRP and the whole rituals before you even start making music, and then you just go inside a meditative trance and then just start creating while invoking an archangel, maybe? Try it. I keep meaning to. I haven't done it yet. Try it. Because I find myself going into no trance. There's no harm in it. What? 
I, I find myself going to trances and I write stuff and then I come out of it and then I just don't even realize just what happened. And it'll be like yep. a nine hour trance and you just kind of go into it. And in new age, they say it's channeling, but it's, I just find that rather cheap to, to, than to what really is going on. Well, I think you're, you're, what you're pinpointing perhaps, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that, is that you're in a shamanic state when you're in that trance, as all creative people are when they go into that state. You know, the creative people always experience that if they're once they're really in the trance, they don't know what the fuck it is. That and um, new age people say it's like channeling, but new age people are dumb. I'm sorry, uh, they're they're danger. They're making a dangerous error there, just like the spiritualists did and the the theosophists did. Oh, I'm channeling. The, what's the error they're making? Their error is not that they're channel, not that they're not channeling. It's just they don't know what they're channeling. Right. right? It's like it's open. They're an open conduit. My dead grandmother Julie is coming through me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, and um, Sarah, the point of hermetic magic, which is why hermetic magic seems like computer code, is it's the code of structuring that and getting, it's like calling who you want to call. Like when you're talking right. about angels, it's like, well, who, you know, it's like, great, you're channeling. Well, what, you know, who was on the other end? Who was on the other end of the line? I don't know. Well, what the fuck? You know, well, did you call the, what number did you call? Uh, I just picked up the phone. It's like, well, with ceremonial magic, you know whose number you're calling. Right. right. So so this is something you can work towards. In terms of specific archangels and spirits and things like that, Wikipedia is your friend. I hate to be that, you know, glib about it, but Wikipedia no, no, is great for more. <laughs> I'm, I'm just very, very scared because I grew up, as most people did, in a Christian household. And I was attacked by demons when I was younger. Um, I don't always buy through. I was slept next to a mirror, but I'm just very cautious of whatever I'm, you know, trying to conjure, if you will, because you, of yeah. course you hear the horror stories of people bringing something and they can't get rid of it. And, uh, well, this is why banishing rituals are important. Yeah. I mean, even if I worked on some, uh, a horror movie and I really didn't want to do it, but it was to a favor for a friend, but it had to do with a demon in a theater. And I just, I get very iffy because I just don't want to bring anything to my life. Cause I mean, you talked about that when your podcast about art, um, it was the gentleman with the nine inch nails. He's talking about someone wanted to do uh, an art of Lucifer. Cool. Yeah, yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that's I mean, is protecting yourself if you do have to do that sort of thing of just knowing that you're good and um, yeah, LBRP or just don't be there in the first place. I mean, one of the greatest, greatest things Carlos Castaneda said. Somebody asked him like, "What's the shamanic way to ward off physical attacks?" Like, don't fucking be there in the first place. That's how a shaman does it, you know. So um, the um, yeah, demons. People don't think demons aren't real. Really? Really? You sure about that? How sure are you? Turns out not very sure. Um, like I always said people are like, you know, the chaos, chaos magicians don't believe in the literal existence of anything. They're like, oh, demons, whatever. It's just another thought form. Really? Well, what is it, my friend? It's like, you know, is Cthulhu real? No. If you only think about elder gods and tentacles all day long, what kind of life do you think you're going to live? True. Yeah. You know, good luck with that, right? It's like, it's like what I always tell people, it's like, you know, it's like, what kind of day do you have if you pay attention to the part of yourself that tells you you're not good enough? Yeah. And you want to tell me demons aren't real? I'm not saying that's a demon, but I'm saying it's like, well, if you, if you create, even if you created it yourself, if you put your attention into a thought, demonic thought form, you think that doesn't have results? Try it and tell me, you know, so, um, you know, and so, yeah, this is the magical way to view the world, you know, and say, and the same with art, people put out all these energies. Oh, I'm just, I'm just working on saw four. 
Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's a very responsible thing to do. Oh, it's just a movie. Yeah, it's just a fucking movie. You know? So just you just, say, just do the LBRP and then that just seals you off from anything that you might have. Well, the LBRP is useful because it creates clean working conditions before and after any ritual so that you only get what you want to get and nothing else if you've done it correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's critical for that reason. And so you don't make the mistake of the spiritualists and the channelers, which is like, you want to, even if you approach this stuff from a psychological model, which you're, you're welcome to, you know, that's definitely a more sane way to look at things. Let's say even if you were to approach all this stuff from the, all magic is, Let's just for the next 10 minutes, we're going to say all that magic is, is an exercise in union unconscious depth psychology, right? What is magic? Well, it's a process of working with the deep archetypes and structures of mythology to come to a greater sense, understanding of the self and to go into the unconscious in a self-directed therapeutic process. So you're using symbols as a way to work through one's goals and motivations in life. Mm-hmm. Sound reasonable? Sounds pretty reasonable to me. In fact, I could say that to relatives at the dinner table and they wouldn't blink twice. Pretty useful. Right. So um, so even if it's that, right, it's like, well, if you're doing deep psychological work, you want to make sure you're just focusing on that part of your mind and no other part of your mind. Otherwise, you're just lost, you know. So that's the point of banishing rituals. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and you're talking about angels. If you're drawn to angels, then work with angels. You know, you can't go wrong. Well, I mean, you can you can definitely go wrong with angels, but when I, when I say that you, you go wrong, it's just like, you know, they start well, some of, you around and shit. Right. I've heard that some of them aren't so nice and they require well, payment. Um, no, that if you meet, if you're working with the angelic realm and something wants payment, you're not dealing with an angel. Okay. Angels have nothing to gain from human beings okay it's like it's like it's like it's like you going to i think it was the donald michael craig book the modern magic book he talks about that where you go to the different sephiroth and then they you would need a password and then you need to give energetic payment to them is how i understood i swear almost every office hours i do i have to correct something from modern magic sorry (laughs) no 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 no, i'm just not i'm I'm saying this is important that you bring this up i wasn't even aware that was in there it's like I knew Don Craig briefly. I met him before he died. He was very supportive to me. So I feel like I've somehow inherited his shit in a weird way. But yeah. um, um, well, he's pro conjuring demons too, which I'm not a magical wizard master, so I don't know if you just have so much protection. <laughs> not a big deal, but neither like, is anybody. Like, um, yeah. I I correct things that mistakes that were made in modern magic almost every call. And to in Don Craig's defense, I will say that when he met, when he wrote that book, there was very little information available. Mm-hmm. There was not even not all of Crowley's work was available. He was working out of basically most of his approach was coming out of Wicca, which had just been created 10 years before, 10, 20 years before. He was put, he, modern magic is a mishmash of Wicca with some parts of the Golden Dawn and a little bit of Crowley. And the bits of Crowley that he got mostly came from Lewis Culling, who was a very infamous sex magic writer at the time, who's not read anymore, oddly enough. But, um, you know, and the Lewis Culling material came out of a group called the Koranzon Club. There's a little bit of magical history for everyone. Does anybody on this call know what the Koranzon Club was? If you do, you get a gold star for deep occult knowledge. Anybody? Nobody knows what the Koranzon. 
Oh man, we're getting in the deep territory. So the Corazon Club was a a cult group in San Diego in the 1950s that was started by a guy named uh, God damn it, oh, I might C.F. Russell. C.F. Russell was a mathematician who studied with um, Crowley at the Abbey of Chefalu, who was clearly a schizophrenic, paranoid schizophrenic, or something was going on. Um, but he became obsessed with the I Ching, and he did all these bizarre books about occult number theory and the Q, I Ching cube with the Kabbalah and all this insane shit. They're still extremely rare and very expensive when people find copies of them, extremely rare. But he started this group called the Koranzong Club in, uh, in um, Crowley, Crowley's method. Crowley very famously uh, attempted to get at C.F. Russell uh, when, when C.F. Russell, man, I shouldn't even tell this story. I'm just going to get into trouble. Okay, the antics of Crowley. Uh, anyways, uh, man, how much of this story do I want to tell? Um, the Coranzon Club was a magical group in San Diego that was that was exclusively for gay men, and was largely um, more like they were they were focused on on large basically having orgies every weekend for magical effect. Right, great work if you can get it right, but. Um, Lewis Culling was a member of that group and C.F. Russell was fucking out of his mind. So Lewis Culling learned sex magic from this group, which had reconfigured Crowley's sex magic instructions in different ways. And so the sex magic and a lot of the magic that ended up in Don Craig's books, who also lived in San Diego at that time, came from Lewis Culling which was uh and so it came from the Koranzon club and there was an outer there was an outer circle of the Koranzon club called the gbg or the great brotherhood of god uh which is a cult is this is a cult it's like it's like a weird cult in san diego you know it's in the 50s right? it's a weird fucking cult and um so the informational sources craig had to work with was like lewis culling wicca scott cunningham uh and I believe he had access to Israel Regardi. Regardi had had access to Crowley, but Regardi's most of Regardi's training did not come from Crowley. It came from the Stella Matatina branch of the Golden Dawn in New Zealand in the 1950s. So a lot of what they were working with there was 1950s recensions of the Golden Dawn and the OTO. And it was they were he was getting information from splinter groups. And putting it together, and this was before the internet, it was before you could get these books even, you couldn't even get access to Crowley's books. You know, he probably didn't read anything outside of a few of Crowley's books that were available. Like they published book four, but only a tiny part of it, Magic Without Tears, which doesn't make any sense without access to the rest of his works. So in, in Craig's defense, he had fragmentary information to work with. And so what he did is he patched, basically what Don Craig did is he took the fragmentary information that was available at that time about the Golden Dawn and the OTO and patched it together with Wicca so that it became a, so it could become a group oriented thing so that the energetic ideas of Wicca were involved so that the, he turned it into, it could be a lifestyle as Wicca was at that time. You know, and so all these ideas about, oh, white magic, black magic, gray magic, all this, like, like, what is this, you know? So the magical world has moved on quite a bit since then. Uh, Don Craig did phenomenal work for the time, but there's a lot of wrong stuff in that book. The idea that the middle pillar is even necessary for 
progress in the in the Golden Fund, completely a fabrication of Regardi. Regardi made up the middle pillar, but to make it part of a daily practice regimen, that comes from Don Craig, right? His his instructions on sex magic, even in that book, come from Lewis Culling, right? So, which is it's not the original stuff from Crowley. It, it's taken out of the context of the original theory, um, and so it was no wonder that chaos magic made short work of that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, well, nobody had, you got to go back to the primary documents. Now we have an occult scene where people are much, much, much more academic and they have the internet, they have JSTOR, they can go back to primary sources. So things have been re, re um, authenticated in a lot of senses. Uh, and we just live in a smarter time, you know, and you can't people, you can't fool people anymore. I remember even in the nineties, you would get these occult, occult books. First of all, were very hard to find. Uh, in the in the 80s and even in the 90s, were very very hard to find. And then when you finally got these things, it was like such an achievement just to get them. And then you read it and you just it just had these ideas about who the author must be. It's like oh, this guy must be living like in a castle, like somewhere in you know North Germany, just doing occult experiments all the time. And he must be like this sinister, like hidden master, and all this stuff. And it's like now you can just go on their Facebook page. You know, look at all the Breitbart articles they're sharing and like fucking Infowars shit. And they're talking about like, like, it's just like, Jesus Christ. So now we can see who people actually are. And, and this is why I'm very grateful that I've never presented myself as anything other than what I am, which is what I am, which is just some fucking nerdy guy from San Diego. So um, I'm ranting again, but point being modern magic was an important work for its time because it was the first book to put together magic as a complete package that normal people could access and understand without getting into orders or going through initiatory groups and it was able to he was able to explain things in a way that people could understand them that they could put them into practice and they could begin to see it as a lifestyle and when i wrote generation hex my first book a lot of what i was attempting to do there was synthesize that into an actual life people could live but take out all the fucking airbrushed shit and like you know make it cool <laughs> like make it not a social embarrassment uh and 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 the result of that is the modern witch culture you know so um think of it what you will so um i'm on a fucking tangent you guys gotta rein me in what was your original i'm sorry what was your original question uh, well, the original question was the music, but um, <laughs> Don Craig was a musician too. He's a professional musician. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I recall that book. I think it was this book. I might be getting it mixed up with another uh, Kabbalah book, but I'm pretty sure it was him where he was just talking about energetic exchange. And exchange. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So this goes back to the intelligence versus spirit thing. Um, angels don't need anything from you, mm-hmm. and they certainly don't need energy. Any Okay. If you are working with a thought form that requires energy from you, you're working with a lower being. This is a critical point for everyone. You look at these things like we engage in these traditions where these entities that are supposedly gods are asking for blood sacrifice and tribute and animal sacrifice and things like this. It's like, really? Right? You know, or they want you ask them to do something and they say, well, if you want this magic done, then something else has to be taken out from somewhere else in the universe. If we do, if we move energy here, like if we do this healing, somebody else has to get sick. That's how voodoo works, right? Right. It's an exchange. Uh, and that's half, 
that's false. I mean, it's sorcery, not magic. It's like it's it's a, it comes from an UG. Now, if you're invoking like, let say, me finish this for you. I don't sorry. want to cut you off, but let me finish this because this is really critical. Um, if you are working with something that is above human on the on the evolutionary scale, specifically an angel or a god, it doesn't need fucking energy from you. It doesn't. Those things are above us. They're there to keep us. They're there to keep us uh, moving upward on the evolutionary arc. We don't have anything to give them. It's like people pray to God. Oh, I'll do this, that, and the other for God. For God, God doesn't need anything from you. God's fucking God, whether you believe in God or not. It's the same principle, right? Um, so, be extremely wary of anything that asks for, unless you are specifically attempting to deal with demons. Be very, very careful about it. or elementals as well, fairies, that type of thing, demons, elementals, um, Loa Arisha related creatures. Be extremely careful as long if you're not specifically attempting to deal with things like that. If you get something that is asking for something from you, and when I say asking, I don't mean you know higher beings will be like you know expect you to live your life in a certain way. They will expect you to shape up your shit. They will expect you to. Um, you don't put flowers or, or water because some say put wine or bread on the altar for the angel or the the god of sure. the planet, whatever. Yes, Is you can, but that's different, right? It's like in Hindu, in Hindu, it's more like a sign of respect, right? It's like if you if you're in a relationship, like yeah, you better believe you better get flowers for somebody. You know, girlfriend, you know, boyfriend might want something else, right? It's like, it's like if you're a, a, you know, it's like, you know, you better believe you better get stuff for somebody, family, you know, you better believe you, you better get them something for Christmas. But it's not because they need energetic exchange, right? It's critical. It's like, it's because it's a token. It is gifted, right? Now, in theory, yes, you're expected to do it, but it's like, it's gifted because it is meant to be an expression of your love, right? It is a symbol of your love and it is a symbol of your appreciation that it is given by you without prompting. Not it is not demanded. It is not contractual. It is not well. You know, it's not like it's not like give me this. It's not payment, right? That's a very different type of being. Anyways, that's important for everyone. Cool. Angels don't need payment from you. They need you to live your life better. That's what angels need. <laughs> And one last little mini question is that what's the safest way to invoke planets where you're not involving the the spirits essentially, but just the archangel and the intelligence? Um, the, the god, the god, the god names. You invoke the god names. Both intelligences and spirits are at the bottom of the Kabbalistic chain for planets. You want to start with the god names. Okay. Those I believe are described in modern magic. Yes. Yeah, and th those are you can't go wrong with those. You know, vibrating those is extremely important part of the learning process. Yeah, okay. and you can begin and end with that because then you you only step down the chain when you want magical effects, you know, specific things. But if you're just starting out, that's a little above your pay grade. You want to start by working with the god names because otherwise you don't even know what you're dealing with. No, I know. <laughs> cool, right. thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so I, <laughs> I know that's kind of all over the place, but I hope that's at least gives you some clues on where to start looking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, dream, my number one recommendation, dream journal. Dream journal meditation practice, let it come through and you can ask, ask yourself questions. 
you know, ask your, start by invoking your, invoking. I mean, it's like you start with working with your own unconscious. You pose questions to yourself. You know, the classic thing that creative people do is like, you know, they ask, they're working on a problem and then they wake up and they have the answer, right? I'm sure you've experienced this. The same thing, you know? So begin the process working like that and get down to fundamentals and then you can start targeting by using the Kabbalah. But um, get the basic process down because I mean, it's like that your, 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 your mind knows what to do and it will offer you what you need in the moment for inspiration anyways. And, and then once you get that, you know, once you get the communication lines open, then you can start exploring different things. Hmm. You can do that astrally as well. You take the astral projection course on the, in the did you take that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that that's the that information will allow you to do it in waking consciousness rather than the dream world. Yeah, I'm still it's still hard to kind of differentiate the two, but yeah, you know. if you don't if you're three weeks in, like just don't worry about it. Take it slow. There's a lot, a lot years of stuff to learn here, so you're not going to get it all at once. But that's why I just keep directing you back. It's like get the basics down: meditation, dream journal. You'll notice even at the beginning of this call, I'm like talking to people who've got years, you know decades of experience and it's still meditation every day you know focus meditation journal dream journal you know it's like same shit it doesn't change you know the other stuff is just getting more detailed it's doing detail work you know but yeah let me know let me know what you figure out too i'm curious you know and uh i want to take that Hans zimmer course on um master class is that have you taken that is that any good yeah, um, there's a new one out by Danny Elfman who did oh, the uh, movies. Yeah, that, that may may be helpful, but you're yeah. on the right track. I mean, just uh, uh, anything by Spitfire Audio is really good or a customer. Expensive though, right? Like, but yeah, yeah. I spent I mean, so much. I spent so much money on this shit. It's not even. Oh yeah, no, I. I that, that's why I, I can never get into drugs. It was music. <laughs> it's probably worse to be into music, right? It is. I mean, yeah. I'm crazy with that. Well, cool. I can't wait to hear your music, man. That'll, that's really well, take the Buddhist course. It comes out in a few days. You'll be subjected to it for three hours. So, um, but yeah, let me know where you get. I'm curious what you what you find out because it's an interest of mine as well. Gosh, I'm just trying to get through the LBRP, man. But I'll see. There you go. Do. There you go. Same <laughs> as everyone. LBRP meditation dream journal magical record. Got it. Just get that down, and then it opens up from there because the LBRP leads to every, the the rest of the Kabbalistic universe. You know. So those are the foundations, you know, it's like, it doesn't, doesn't change. Those will always be the foundations. Unless you're working in a different system, in which case it's, well, it's still meditation, dream journal, and then whatever the foundational ritual of that system is. Mm 